And I want to thank God for already speaking the message. I'm only doing an appendage now. We'll just read some passages. And the message is given. It's given right from the beginning of the year. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. And the word of God increased. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem as a result of the increase of the word of God. They multiplied greatly in a great company of the priests who obedient to the faith. As a result of the word of God increasing, being allowed to have room, being allowed to guide actions. Being allowed to guide decisions, associations, thoughts, motives. Acts chapter 12 verse 24. But the word of God grew. And not only did it increase now. It grew and multiplied. It had begun to take care of lives. Have begun to go from one to the other. As a result of the increase, the room, the expansion, the allowance made for the word of God to control, guide every action and dictate. Multiply. The results began to be seen in multiples. It began to affect every area of life wherever they were found. The world grew and multiplied. And in Acts chapter 19 verse 20, this word that grew and multiplied, now so grew mightily, so grew mightily, that it prevailed, it took charge, it dominated, it now controlled their lifestyle. And uncontrolled their being. And uncontrolled their identity. And uncontrolled their speech. And uncontrolled their actions. And uncontrolled what ambitions they were involved in. And uncontrolled. It prevailed. It took over. May the word of God be so in our lives and dealings even from now in the name of Jesus. And that was why in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, the Lord Jesus says, If you understand now what the word can do, that it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live just by physical things that he sees, the ones he can sense, the ones he can see, the ones he can hear, the ones he can touch, the ones he can rationalize, the ones he can think about, the ones he can smell. Those are the natural levels of living. And they have a limitation. They don't make you grow to full potential. They don't bring out who you are if you really want to live in the image of God. Man does not live by bread alone. But man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Live by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not of man. Not some ones that look like they are from God, but they are not. Not just the written letters. When that word is captured in the spirit that God has sent it out, you will live with that word. And as God sends his word to you and to your situation, and you receive it, and you are available, and you say, this is what God has spoken to me in this situation, you can run with that word for a day, for a week, for a month, and even indeed for a whole year. Because it has come straight from where everything is controlled. And he has come from where he who already knows what to do has sent forth his word that does not return to him void. And instead of physically being present to do the work which he is not wont to now, the word goes on an errand by the empowerment of God to your life and accomplishes the reason for which God has sent it, and prospers in that which God sends it to. We pray and we desire that this will be our living this year, in the name of Jesus. The word comes to you in your lethargic state, in your state of just being nonchalant with God, and rouses you up, and you begin to live. The word comes to you in your despondency, in the world comes to you in your thoughts. The world comes to you in your areas of living. How have we been living all along? Some of them, just like the scripture says, my bread. In Luke twelve twenty five, we are made to understand that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. But that is where many have been living. They look for abundance of possessions. They struggle for physical acquisitions. They look for things that can be seen tangibly, multiplied over and over. And so all their energy is left at that level. But they are destructible. They are ephemeral. They do not last. They can suddenly crash. And they can suddenly go out of existence. And you have to keep asking and demanding for them. That simple, our Lord's prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. So even that, you have to keep asking for. But some live only at that level. And some live at the level of Matthew 6.25. Which of you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his life? Why do you take so much thought, so much plan, so much strategy, so much worry? As if it depends on just fine-tuning your ideas to make it work. And we can say ideas rule the world. But some of us have remained at the level of ideas and worry and anxiety. And plan it perfectly. Once it can fit the jigsaw, then we go ahead. And so we remain there. We are only moved and we are gauged at this level of living by living by bread alone. Living only limited by what the economy tells us. Living limited by the changing variables in the society and the conditions in the country. Living according to the prevailing costs of prices in the market. And for some of us, it will be living to now acquire money, acquire fame, to make a name just like others because you are living only at this level. And perhaps for some of us as Christians, we live also 
by feeling good that we are just Christians. And the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, that in those days the word of God was rare. The word of God was precious. And there was no open vision. How could it be that at a point in time when a minister was in charge, and the man was getting to 40 years of ministry, in the twilight of his years, the word of God was not easily found. The word of God was not easily discerned. People just assumed that what they made up was God's word. And so they live by just coming to church and going back, fulfilling all righteousness, bringing their Bibles and reading them. And as they read the Bible, they didn't even encounter the personality in the scripture. And many of them were busy also doing work actively for God, so to say. But the word of God was rare. They came and worshipped in the temple and went. And like we read yesterday about Josiah, they found the book of the law of the Lord after many years. When he should have been guiding their lifestyle all along. Simply saying that they were just walking as if they were in emotion. This is how to be a Christian. Attend church. Just be involved in one thing or the other as your convenience allows you. And as you so do, let one day give rise to another and just hope for the best. That's the way they lived, as it were. And that's the level of living at the level of bread alone. Just live according to the circumstance. Live according to what the news says. Live according to what the market news says. The stock exchange. And for some people, live according to what the news says in the newspaper, in the TV. And for some who seem spiritual, live according to what a visioner has told you. And told you of the year end from the beginning. Live according to what a prophet has prophesied and spoken, which you yourself have not been convinced that this is from God. Live according to what a visioner says. Live according to what, for some, who may be in the church, a Dibia says. And Abu says, and some people still live according to the horoscope. He says, don't come out today. Don't greet anybody you meet on the right side of your body today. Don't greet anyone with smile who crosses you suddenly by the left side. That's where people live by. And there are still some who have decided to live in order to make ends meet. And they live by cutting corners. They live by saying, look, you just can't be a Christian and apply everything clearly. No, you have to put your sense. In a meeting you chant again, heaven helps those who help themselves. That's what we have all coined up. And that's how we have landed at being ineffectual. And there's no room for the word of God. And Jesus says, you people have made the word of God and the power of God of no effect by reason of your traditions, rituals, what you have already accepted and coded it into your mindset. This is the way to do this. This is the way to reason this way. This is the way to associate it. This is the way to get a job. This is the way to apply for an opening. This is the way to live in a house. You have coded your life with what has been told you and what you have seen around. And you have been limited. And you have limited the Holy One of Israel. You haven't allowed room now for the word to guide and direct you on those areas trivial or big, mundane or spiritual. Things that have to do with the home 
or with their personal life and career. And that's why we have left at the bread level of bread alone. We can go on and on. Some even outrightly go into all kinds of malpractices. Some indulge in all kinds of corruption. 419, shortchanging, forwarding, backwarding, in order to make ends meet. You have to help yourself. And yet, some get to the other extreme of living in outright sin, and then on a Sunday or on the occasion, they put up again an appearance, personality augmentation, and they are around again. And then within, they are a different personality from what they seem to present outside. Man does not live. And this year, friend, you will not live. And you will not make any progress by any of such level of living in the name of Jesus. It says you will live only by every word of God. Every word of God. Every. Every. None. Don't take any for granted. In Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 3, it says, God, who in sundry times spoke to our fathers through the prophets, has now spoken in these last days by and through his sons, who is the express image of his glory and the brightness of his appearance. And he upholds all things. He controls all things. He influences all things. He directs all things. He detects all things by what? The word of his power. That's why he has spoken through him. And so, if you want to live in these last days, therefore, in the dispensation in which we live, then get him who controls and upholds and directs all things by the word of his power. First, get him into your life. In John 6, 48 to 51, he says, I am the bread of life. If any man eats me, he shall live forever. He shall live forever. His eternal life is secured. He lives not just for a day, for a day, for a month, for a year, for 2016 alone. You live forever. So secure your eternity. By getting him into your life. I am the bread of life. Of which if any man eat of me. He shall live forever. By me. He will live. Praise the Lord. And not only did he say that. Then get his word. He says the words I speak to you. They are life. And they are spirits. And they are able to make things quicken them. Put life to them. Guide you. The Spirit makes a lie. The Spirit gives you the direction to live in. And the Spirit walks through the Word of God. Every scripture is inspired by God. Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is by the inspiration. What is inspiration? The breathing out. The Spirit of God. Now putting in written form. What can guide you? And it's profitable now for every area of lifestyle, of living, of action. For old or young. It's profitable for reproof. 
It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. In the way that you can live day by day without joining the world or without cutting corners and please God. It's profitable for all manner of lifestyle from beginning to the end. And it is so that you can be equipped thoroughly as a servant of God to live on for him. And so when Jesus is saying, the words I speak to you, they are alive. If you can get them, receive them, work with them. He is saying, if truly you open yourself to my word leading you, then you can live by it. Close your mind to what you have known about your situations. To what you have known about how people appear. To what you've known about how to conduct yourself. Get my word for every of those moments. Live by it. And let it be in you in such a way that it dwells richly in your heart. And becomes not just words anymore, but turns to spirits. And that's why we talk about the logos becoming the rema for those who want to do a little of brick. What is he simply saying? The words that are here, which are written, can become revealed words. Praise the Lord. The words which are here, which are letters. And the more of the letters you know, like literature, because we've been reading the Bible a good number of the times, like literature. And then when you do, you look for a passage you can use to quote, as you were quoting Shakespeare, and it remains at that level. Some of us look at the scripture and approach it just like newspaper. What are you looking for when you read it like a newspaper? Mechanically. You are just reading through. You take the highlights. You drop the ones you don't know and don't remember. And many of the times, the things you read in that newspaper by the next day, you've forgotten them. Some of us have taken the word of God just like a routine, daily routine. We have to do our quiet time. Or we have to do our family altar. Fine, you have a passage to read. And then you just read it routinely. And you don't expect anything. And so it leaves with nothing else. Perhaps two, three hours after, you've even forgotten the chapter where you had your communication in that quiet time. Some of us still read the word of God mentally as a textbook. And that's where many of us are. To acquire facts. So if there's cause for argument, you can use it for argument. Fine. The word of God is more than what you can use for facts. Because there are many things there that defy facts. Hallelujah. Many things are defined logic. And it says, it is blessed is he who believes before he sees. Does that not defy facts? Sure it does. When Jesus rose from the dead in resurrection, did he not defy fact and science? Sure it does. And many of the things there. So if we have just been at the level of reading it as a textbook, just acquire fact, then we'll also fail it. We'll just use it for argument. But no heart is moved, no life is touched, no impact is made. We just have head knowledge, logos alone, and no spiritual impact, and no power from there. But friend, just like God has told us this morning, you can hear God directly 
for this year and you will begin to so do in the name of Jesus. God can speak to you because he says you will need to live by every word of God, which means you can take your dictates. You can take your daily direction. You can take what your business plan will be. You can take what your year admission plan will be. You can take what you are believing God concerning your exams to be. Oh, you can settle them with the word of God. You can. You can find where the word of God talks about that area of need of your life. And you settle there. Or God can speak to you directly by his spoken word. The word of prophecy can speak to you in vision. can speak to you in dreams. It can speak to you through trances. Provided you are clear it is God speaking and not the business of the day. You know there are dreams that are business of the day. There are also dreams that are from overfeeding. If you ate so much, particularly if you ate apple heavily by evening time, 7, 8 p.m., and you get to bed, chances are that in the next two, three hours, if you are dreaming, it will just be from overfeeding. Because there's a lot still going on there to digest on. Of course, there are dreams that are also from the devil, tormenting. And Job will think and say, look, you torment me in my dreams. But sure, God does speak clearly and speaks clearly even through such dreams. And then when he speaks, you have peace. You have guidance. You have direction. It's not compulsive. It's not oppressive. And it will be clear that this is God who has spoken. So God can speak in any of those areas. But more importantly, and on a common basis for everyone, God who used to speak in sundry times before, and in different ways, has spoken to us now through His Son, by His Word. And this is enough. What are the evidences that you can have sufficient basis to trust God in His Word? This Bible was written by more than 40 scholars. And not so scholars. Peter was not a scholar. He didn't go to school. When they were asking for his credential, they couldn't find any. I don't know if you have any comparison in the recent past, even though they manipulated his own. They didn't find any credential. But Peter spoke so boldly and so wisely that even the men who went to the best of theological schools could not compete with him at the level at which he was. And so, friends, that is the evidence and the power of the world. People who are fishermen, people who were bricklayers, people who were tent makers, people who were farmers, people who were sheep rearers, more than 40 of them, all spoke. And as they spoke, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit over a period of a thousand five hundred years, none contradicts the other. They are all in agreement. What does that tell you? What they were saying at different points in time, despite the educational background and what they had and had not came from the same source. And the emphasis would just be different. So Second Peter chapter 2, 20, 21 will tell you that no scripture that you have here is of private interpretation. Nobody woke up and suddenly decided to write. But all were from men, holy men of God, moved by the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit. Jesus said the words that can get to you from me, once you get them, they are life and spirit. 
So these words came straight from heaven. And what are the properties of the word of God that make it so reliable that you and I can stand on it? It's priceless. It's timeless. It's beyond any other book or library. Anywhere, anytime. It has survived ages. But beyond that, this word of God is eternal. It's firmly fixed where? In heaven. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Praise the Lord. Your word is what? Settled. You know what it means to settle? It's balanced. It's firmly rooted. It's firmly fixed. Where is it settled? Where is the origin? In heaven. In other words, irrespective of the changing things you see from January 1 to February 1, or from March to June, they do not affect what is already what? Settled. Praise the Lord. It's firmly settled. It has a permanent residency and origin from heaven. Nothing changes it. Nothing can affect it. But by the power with which it comes, if it meets you when the word has been sent to you, as God said in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, every word, and you're able to catch it. I send it on errand to meet your need because I already know the changing needs you will have. And I send the word that has a permanency to come and meet your changing needs. If you are available in the form in which the word can be received of you, and in the form in which it came, it will solve the need. It will meet your need. And you will go a victor, prevailing over that situation. Praise the Lord. So the word is firmly fixed in heaven. The word is inviolable. The word of God is efficacious. It can't change. It comes from heaven as an origin. To perform a task on earth on the behalf of a receiver whose faith and heart are open to receive it. If the recipient like you and I is not available and has just been reading the word at the level of literature, the word seems to have failed. But it doesn't fail. And so the word is eternally fixed in heaven. Its impact when it leaves heaven is here on earth on your behalf, on my behalf. Just like a messenger sent of God. So if you catch each of these words that comes from God for your situation, expectantly, by the Spirit, then you can prevail. You can make the impact. The solution is done. You can live by it every day, every hour, in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth may pass away, but... My word shall not. And by the way, does it not yet with a human mind surprise you that John will say in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was made flesh. And we beheld him, his glory, full of grace and truth. In other words, in order to help our level of understanding and work, the word of God, who is Jesus, became flesh and translated himself by his spirit through those who wrote into the written word that he means to be a revealed word. 
So every word you can now find from here. And every word that you can garner from the scripture. That you get in the manner and in the form in which Jesus sent it out. It will become life to you. And it is sufficient for your daily and weekly and monthly need in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God is alive and active. Quick and active. That's why you can use the word as a sword of offense. That's why Jesus can say it is written. And that's why occasions you and I have experienced the power of the word. It works. You use the word and you stand on it and the temptation goes this way. You stand on the word of God and the pressure, the quake and the that came in your office will go by the way because you suddenly decided to stand by the word that says you should not follow a multitude to commit iniquity. That's why you can stand on the word and it will bring life. It's quick and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes beyond where a surgical knife, no matter how well they can go. It goes beyond the joint and the marrow. It goes beyond the soul and the spirit. Is there any surgeon's knife that can ever touch the soul? That has ever seen the spirit? But because we are tripartite beings, it goes beyond what the natural can do. It even goes to know the thoughts, the intentions of every heart. The needs and is ready to meet with it. That's the property of the world that makes it not just ordinary. And the world is a spirit. Let's put it now that way. Is the breath of the Spirit of God. Is the Spirit of Jesus in action. If Jesus says the words that speak to you, they are life and spirit. And God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in what? In truth. He's telling you the form in which you need to be in all times to capture His word. And to make it work for you. And to make it relevant all the time. And he says, I have come to give you life and give you life in all its fullness. You can live by it. Every one of them. And sometimes when you are reading a place like Leviticus and you see the laws. Or you are living a place in Genesis and it says, Methuselah begat, Lamech begat. And he died and he lived. You wonder what is there. But when that is the place God needs to send to you in your hour of need, it will come alive in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's all God is asking us to do. In every situation, at every moment, wherever you find yourself this year, find the word of God. Search the scriptures. Prayerfully keep in tune with God. Until there's a word that comes to you for that need and for that situation. For that soul. For that person who needs salvation. For that person who has been a thorn in your flesh. Keep on until the word comes there. And then that's what you need. On any issue in life, on any area of need that God expressly brings the word to you. That's the final issue on that. That's the final matter on that. That matter is settled in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God is a final arbiter. The word of God is a compass for our living and navigating through this world. The word of God is the victory sign for going through the challenges and problems of life and for excelling 
The word of God is our resort to counsel. Whole counsel. And the counsel of God in every aspect of life. The word of God. Some of us use our proverbs. Some of us use our idioms. You cannot shave me in my presence. Many of them, and you are witty in them. Can you change them? Can you exchange them? Can you fill your thoughts, your words, your life with the word? So that the word suddenly takes hold of you and not just suddenly becomes a routine. Some of us have excess time to burn and you spend them. If you are the young person, you are more with your handset. Others who are not so busy, maybe you are now a senior citizen, you look for something to occupy your time. Why don't you go to the world again and again? And for those who are so busy, you don't even have enough room for the world. So how should we handle the word of God? How do we approach the world? How do we come to the scripture? To make it practical. And to make it realistic. And to draw the spirit from it. The analogy we have of the scripture, if you understand it, is like a container. This word, the Bible, is like a container. A container, no matter how well it is designed, it's not just for its design that you are buying it, is it? Why are you buying a container? Because of the content. No matter how it has been beautifully designed to catch your attention, you forget what it looks like and make use of the content. The word of God is contained in the Bible. The word of God is like a it's like a house. It's like a house which houses the world. That's what the Bible is. But inside there are addresses. Addresses. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 is an address. John chapter 6 verse 63 is an address. John 1 1 is an address. They are all addresses. You will find the street number. You find the road number. And you can locate exactly the passage you are looking for. But when you get to the address, you need to encounter the personality living in that address. Praise the Lord. That's when you can say, my mission is done. And so there is the word of God in that verse, Matthew 4, 4. If you read it nonchalantly, just like we've been reading, you will read, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. You will memorize it, and you can just recite it, and it remains there. But, if we now want the spirit behind the word, if we want a change that comes from reading and meditating and studying on this word, that the real personality whom you don't see, but the words have been put in there, then you will need to approach the word reverently, expectantly, with a spirit of expectancy. You are coming to meet a personality who happens to be residing where in this book? You are coming to meet a personality. And friend, if you are going to meet a governor, or you are looking for a job, and you are going to meet the managing director of the company or the head of the institution, there's an expectation in your heart. Am I right? You don't just go anyhow. 
You don't just go gingerly. You don't go leisurely. You don't go just anything I see I take. No. You have expectation. That's the attitude. A personality who upholds all things in the world by his power, through his world, is who you want to meet. And if you're able to meet him through the world here, then you can live with what he tells you and it will be real. The truth, more than anything that people are telling you that is happening that is real time in the name of Jesus. The word of God that comes to you with that attitude of heart is more real than even the ones people tell you, you can't get this thing like this. So it can never happen. Because they are limited in the world of five senses. But Jesus is saying this one, you can live by it. So you approach the world expectantly. You approach the world reverently. You are coming as if you are meeting a great personality. And you come with a prepared heart. Ezra 7.10 says, Ezra prepared his heart. He knew he wasn't just going to read to fulfill all righteousness. A prepared heart. I can meet on a life changer today. I can be guided on this issue that has turned me apart for a while. I can get a direction for how I need to respond back when I am spoken to in this manner. Expectancy. Psalm 11918, which we we'll recite every now and again, we say, Open down my eyes, O Lord. To do what? To behold the wondrous things out of your law. Wondrous things. Things for life. They are there. You are not asking God to open the eyes of your natural man. Your eyes are open. Thank God for that. But you are asking him, open the eyes of my understanding, my inner eyes. Let my spirit be alert. If you are born again, a deposit of the spirit of God is inside of you. Praise the Lord. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, more of the measure of him is there. If you are not born again, it is difficult. That is why you remain incredulous. And it is difficult to even believe any aspect of the scripture. Until the light shines in the darkness of your heart and opens the door. And then once the light shines, you exclaim, is this what I've been missing? What joy? What peace? So, if you're a child of God already, and you come to this scripture, and you come to the word of God with a heart expectant, a heart prepared like Ezra, a heart with a prayer that says, May God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant unto us the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. And that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. When you come with that attitude, whether in the morning or afternoon, and say, God, I'm coming to meet you in your word. Reveal to me what is life here. These words that are addresses here, chapters and verses that are here, will suddenly catch on life. The spirit behind them can sustain you. I have known of somebody who says, I was in their need and in their stress, and I had my degree project to work on, my PhD project, and I have taken six months to work on them, and there have been no way out. And day in, day out, it has been a struggle. I haven't had any respite. Deadline was coming to meet me, yet unprepared. And he went to the world and went to God and said, Father, tell me what to do. 
I have tried on my own. I have tried the wisdom. I can't balance this equation. And it was a mathematical project. And he said as he kept praying, God said, go to the Red Sea. Go and read the story of the Israelites in the Red Sea. And he said, what is it about the Red Sea? All I see is that you parted the Red Sea. One to the side and one to the other side. And they passed over. He said, that's the answer. And he said, what is the answer here? And he said, the answer is simply that, put these equations on this side, put these equations on the other side. And within six hours, what he battled for six months had been done. I'm talking of meeting specific needs by the word of God. Praise the Lord. I also know, and maybe you've read it, of a man, a merchant, who had been so wealthy, but they live near the seaside in one of the Southeast Asian countries. And one of the typhoons came and blew everything away. Factory collapsed. A man who was in means suddenly now came in penury. And all he simply had was just the world, the Bible floating on the sea when all had been washed away. And people kept coming to him and saying, sorry. Hey, yeah. Hey, sorry. And every of the things that people say when you have suffered a loss. And when they finish, at a point in time, the man says, I have found it. So, the person they came to encourage suddenly picked up life. He said, I have found it. He said, what did you find? He said, God says, I can become a merchant again. He said, what merchant? I can become a merchant of salt. He said, hey, how did God tell you? He said in Matthew 5.13. And what does Matthew 5.13 say? You are the salt of the earth. And they say, how can this place make him a merchant? Maybe this our brother has gone beyond. We are just comforting him for the loss he suffered. Maybe his brain is also affected. And they began to pity him. And day in, suddenly the man burst in jaw. He said, I can be a merchant of salt. The same spirit that put a torchlight on that place and brought a revelation told him, all you simply need to do, you live by the seaside. And the seawater is what? Salty water. So, go to the bank, get some loan, and get some equipment to be able to cut home a huge quantity of what? Water. Boil in such a way that you can do what? You can evaporate and the rest you can treat. Friends, in less than six months, he was back in business. The word of God is even a businessman for that situation. Oh, I've seen several times as you read and your understanding is darkened. And you get to Psalm 119 verse 99 and say, You make me wiser than my teachers. Ordinarily, it's impossible to be wiser than your teachers. If you are wiser than them, why are they your teachers? They are supposed to be teaching you. Their knowledge base should be higher than your own. But it is possible to be wiser than your teachers. To know both the things they have taught you and to know beyond what they have taught you. How does that come? By the same Spirit revealing that to you. And you keep saying, Spirit of God, make me wiser than my teachers. That's what your word says. So you can come with this attitude of heart. Go to this scripture this way. And pray, God, open the lead from this scripture. Let it meet my need. 
and you will study. Praise the Lord. You will study. You will show a sense of seriousness. Ezra prepared his heart to study, to search, to do, and to teach the status in Israel. Study to show yourself approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the world. The Berean Christians were more noble than the Thessalonian Christians in Acts 17.11. Because they received the world readily and didn't allow it to fly away. And they went home and searched daily to see if those things were so. So you study, you search. And as you search, God helping us, we have various means we will show as the year goes on on what can help you study. Study the scripture and make it become real and relevant to you. And let the light of the spirit quicken that place to make it active. And become a living tool to guide you. And as you study, you meditate. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it. Do you know what it means to meditate? Regurgitate. What does it mean to regurgitate? You've seen a goat chewing cord. If you grew up in the village. You know some of us grew up in the town. But I grew up in the village. Where a goat can be seen. Some haven't seen goats for a while. Praise the Lord. If you see a goat chewing cord. After a while it goes silent. You think the deed is done. Ten minutes. It brings it all up again. And begins afresh. And the goat can be in that exercise for one, two hours. The goat is meditating. That's the same word as regurgitating. It's thinking up. It's thinking down. It's bringing it in. It's taking it out of the heart again. Meditate on it. What is that meditating doing? It leaves just your head. It leaves just your head knowledge. It leaves just your mind and is there to enter the spirit realm. Is there to let light shine on it. It's consistently there to not only just be what you have read as letter. It becomes revealed spirit. It says meditate on it day and night. No season. Take it seriously as guiding your life and observe. Do according to. Live by it. Begin to pattern your life. Observe to do according to what is written therein. And what does God say? You shall make your way prosperous. Who shall make? Once you've got the world alive in your spirit, propelling you. Even when people say this thing is impossible, you've got it done. It's a matter of time. Hallelujah. I have seen challenges, a number of them. I don't mind to share some. Some of you are privy to them. And people have said, this is impossible. You can't build a place like this. It's not possible. And we just smiled. We didn't need to contend. You didn't need to say anything. But you have known what God told you in the spirit. And all he needed was for time to manifest it. So friends, meditate and begin to do according to what that word says. And then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good 
success. There are all kinds of successes. Virtually everyone has one measure of success or the other. Not all of them are what? Good success. This one is good. It can be verifiable. It stays. It dwells. It's a blessing of the Lord that makes rich and at what? No sorrow. And someone will say, Blessed is a man who does not stand in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't listen only to what they are just saying is happening around. And that's what guides his decision. Who does not walk in the way of sinners? And who does not sit down in the seat of the scornful? Those who begin to now say, it can't happen. If the word of God says this, and this is what we are seeing in the uh, economic times, well, it can't happen. It happened then. It can't happen now. But his delight is in where? Delight, joy, expectation. What gives him the good is here. And in it does he meditate. How often? Day and night. Call it your business for this year, my dear. Get to this world again and again. Carry the bigger Bibles. Carry the smaller one. It's not the size of your Bible anyway that determines the measure of your living by it. I hope you know. But by all means, keep constant with it. Keep close by it. This same man who meditates on it day and night shall be like a tree planted beside the river who shall bring forth his fruit in his season and he shall be blessed. That's the reason of the world operating and prevailing. And James 1.25 would say, If any man looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues daring, and continues there, being not a forgetful hearer, but continues daring, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Don't we have enough to get us to the word, to study, to meditate, and to gather our hearts. Gather our hearts. And as the word comes, it already takes care of the temptations and sin. Your word have I hid in my heart that I will not do what? Sin. It comes to a place that as the temptation is coming, whether it's in the office or pressure or age related or marriage or relationship related, the word of God comes on. The Bible says when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit will do what? Lift up a standard. In our translation, what does the spirit is to lift up a standard? The word of God. But he can't lift up a standard which you have not stored in there. He has nothing to work with. And so in every area of life and godliness, Jesus will say, study the scriptures. Because in them you think you have eternal life. We have enough. Can God, can the Spirit of God provoke you and I to get to the Word again for every area of life? Drop what you know. Drop what you have heard. What you have seen and got by the news. Keep them. You can even pray with them and say, God, they have said that Naira is 270 something to a dollar. But God, this is what you are telling me here. Stand by what God has told you. Of course, he said it in prophecy. You will also prove it in reality from the word. In the name of Jesus, leave it. And let it garrison your life. 
And as the word continues to come in and washes away the impurities of our life, he sanctifies our life and makes us ready to be quickly able to know the mind of Christ. May the power in the word of God make our lives a difference this year in Jesus' name. May the reason to stay on the world and achieve good success and make our way prosperous despite the news around take you to the world in the name of Jesus. May the evident need to live your full potential as a child of God, Christian born again, Holy Spirit filled, and you don't feed. Even those in the Old Testament, Job will say, I have esteemed your word more than my necessary word, food. I've taken it beyond what I need to survive daily. Job 23.12 Why won't you take that which is able to take you a notch higher? And Jeremiah will say, Your word we have found, I ate it. And your word were to me a joy and rejoicing. They guided me. May the word of God already begin to dissipate your fears in the name of Jesus. May the word of God already bring to you God's word for your need and situation in whatever manner of living this year in the name of Jesus. But above all, may God give you an eye the duty of taking his word so importantly that we can approach the world expectantly and receive each time not just letters but the spirit that makes our life. And that brings results to every of our situation. And we shall say to God be the glory for the victory of the word increasing, the word multiplying, and the word growing in our lives and subconsciousness and taking charge of our habits and character and prevailing in the name of Jesus Christ. May you also prevail with the word of God. You have heard revelation. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word is able to take you through because it's the spirit of Christ. It's God sending on errand his spirit to walk on your behalf. May the whole of our life this year be such that is grounded in his word in the name of Jesus Christ. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Your word is yea and amen. I've found it yea and amen. Your word is yea. Some of us have never read the Bible through for once. Some of us have gone to the word of God just on a visitation. The word does not dwell richly in our hearts. It doesn't dwell. The word comes in bits and pieces. It's not there. The word does not dwell. The word of God is a visitor to us. We just go there because we must. How do you want the word to be with you this time? God, I want the word to dwell richly in me. I want to encounter your spirit. I want to live by your word. Every one of them. I want the scripture to come alive. I want to hear you. I want to know you are the one speaking. I want to have assurance in every situation that comes from your word. 
Is that not enough that Jesus says that's what you need to live by? When you've been given that, why can't you make use of it? The word is a sword of the spirit. It's a weapon of offense. With this same word, we yet make many more disciples. And the word grew. And the word increased. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly. And even the priests became obedient to the word. Can you speak to God? Let your word dwell richly in my heart. In all wisdom, I make myself available. And every area of my life that has been in obstruction to the world, please begin to remove already. I want to begin to observe, to do according to what your word says. No matter how much I cherish it, let your word guide and rule. Many of us here are working with 10 years, 20 years experience and mindset of what the economy has said. A weird mindset of what the value of Naira is. Can you ask God to transfix the word in your heart over and above what you hear around? That the word of God will be the prevailing rule and thought. The reality of the economy and circumstances is there. But the greater reality of the word of God supersedes them. That it will prevail. And in your life, keep you at peace. Keep you at peace. Keep you different. And keep you an instrument that will recover all that God has said is yours for this year. And this world is able to save your soul. Is able to lead Jesus and let the light shine into your heart and give you peace. Is there anyone this morning who does not have the assurance that I have Jesus? As this message was going on, the Spirit of God told you, My son, give me your heart. My daughter, surrender. I'm standing at the door of your heart and knocking. If you hear, I'm willingly open. Invite me. I will come in. I will not get crushed. And this morning, as the year is running on, you want to ask Jesus, come in into my life. Forgive me my life of self, of sin, of compromise. I want the peace and I want your word to begin to rule my life. If that's where you are, please raise your hand where you are. Let's pray together with you. I want to have the peace that Jesus gives. I want to have a change of life. I want Jesus to be the authority in my life that can now bring life and spirit to me. Please raise your hand where you are. And there's no shame in it. That's a life-changing decision. He says, I'm the bread of life that comes from heaven. If you eat me, you will live forever. Not just for 2016. You have eternity. Is there anyone here who is beckoning to say, Jesus, I want to have this reality. Please raise your hand where you are. We'll pray with you. And you can have that assurance. You can have the peace. You can say, God, here I come. Thank you. And I'm beginning the year. And I walk with you. Shall we all just stand where we are? His word is yea. And amen. I found it yea. And amen. His word is yea. His word is yea. And amen. I found it yea. And amen. Unto this man will I look. Unto this woman will I look. The one who hears my word, who gets my word and trembles at it.
and is contrite in spirit. My attention will come to that one. The one whose manner of life, the one who feels bad, the one who feels a remorse that his living has not been in accordance with my world and is contrite and trembles and is open to change and to my visitation. I will pay attention. I will come to him. I will come to her. Can you ask the Lord? Father, let your word come to me. Let your word for living in every situation come to me. Let your word for living at every moment come to me. Let your word that meets every need come to me. Lord, every other thing I have placed before your word in consideration, let them go. Lord, as I come to your word, I come expectantly. I come because the personality of the Spirit who wrote the word. And as you say that no man knows the mind of another except the Spirit of that same person. Spirit of God, please unlock the world. Each time, make me live. Excite my heart and impress on my life the reality of the world above the things I hear and see. And may the power evident in it be made manifest in my life. I receive the world in every area of my life. And let it hold roots and guide me. Set me apart. Fill my speech. Guide my decisions. And honor God. Keep me on the path of righteousness. And to eternal life through this year and beyond. In the name of Jesus we pray. Can we make this prayer declaration? You are praying it with your heart. But you are praying the word. And you are praying what God says you to do. And you are surrendering all your faculties, all your senses, all your reasoning. And you are laying them and saying, God, let your word rule over. Whatever else I've put myself in, or put my hand in, or put my association in, and is contrary to your word, Lord, I already relinquish them. And Father, I want your word to guide me, lead me, and bring on your power of victory, and make my way prosperous, and bring God's will acceptable to me this year. So shall we pray this prayer of dedication, all with our hearts, together, as we pray, and you repeat after me, Lord our Father, I thank you. You love me, and for this year, you sent forth your word to guide me, to lead me, to direct me, to uphold the things I do. King of glory, I present my bodies, I present my soul, I present my spirit, I present all within me, a living sacrifice, holy, surrendered, that is acceptable to you. It's my reasonable service. It's my worship. Lord, I will not be confirmed. I will not be limited. I will not be guided. I will not be directed. Only according to what is happening in the world. I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. By the influence of your word. 
guiding my heart, my actions, bringing your will in my life. Thank you, Father, that I may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is your perfect will for my life and situations and my work of eternity this year in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you as your word sanctifies me. Thank you as your word purifies me. Thank you as your word takes a deep hold in me. And Lord, I receive good success that comes from staying on your word. In every area of the challenges and things that come my way. Thank you, Father in heaven, as you pulled your word in my life. And bring in the souls and the victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Even so, let it be, O God, according to our desire and according to your sovereign will. And may we live and see the fullness of your word made manifest in our lives this year. In the name of Jesus Christ. And amen.